thankful for your goodness and your grace. Thankful for hope, for life. Lord, we pray that, uh, that today we would honor you with our posture and our attitude towards, towards you and towards life and towards each other. Pour out your grace in this place. Enable us, Lord. Empower us to be more like you. In Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> All right. Before you sit down, we're going to pray our offertory prayer. The prayer of St. Anselm. It goes like this. Lord, because you've made me, I owe you the whole of myself. Because you've promised so much, I owe you my whole being. I pray you, Lord, make me taste by love what I taste by knowledge. Let me know by love what I know by understanding. I owe you more than my whole self. Draw me to you, Lord, in the fullness of your love. I am wholly yours by creation. Make me all yours in love. Amen. 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 All right. Uh, several ways to give. Uh, you're familiar probably with those. Uh, you can text to give. You can download the app. Give in that way. Uh, you can drop things in the baskets on your way out. Or you can... <laughs> you're laughing because I said drop things in the basket. Okay. Yeah, just random things. <laughs> like cans of sweet potatoes. That, that would be appropriate for this week, right? Yeah. Okay, so y'all know the drill. All right, shoe boxes. Um, you have until Monday morning, 10 a.m., to get your boxes back. Uh, if you weren't able uh, to pack a box this year, you can still contribute uh, by help, helping us to cover shipping costs. Each box costs $9 to ship. Uh, that includes the discipleship materials and the Bible that each child receives. Um, we need about $1,750, $1,750 to cover the Riverstone boxes that we've packed uh, from the items that you donated in October. So uh, here, here's some numbers for you, because uh, I know you love those numbers. Uh, as of Saturday... We, Riverstone, uh, has packed 446 boxes. So that's good. You can clap. That's more than we did last year, right? We did 400 last year, I think. So 446. And then community-wide, we've collected 1,900. So that's, that's good, too. Uh, we need maybe a few more. We'll come in tomorrow. So you have till tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock. If you have boxes, you bring those. Okay, uh, a few more of you actually turned in uh, your surveys this week, myself included. So, yes. Um, so, let's, I think we have some slides that maybe show an update of that. There we go. Number of families, 85, up from, I think, 77 last week. So, uh, I begged and pleaded, and eight of you filled it out. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> total financial commitment, uh, so there you have that. And uh, I think, is there another slide? There we go. And there are those ministries that you can't read again. And uh, you'll just 
they're there. And you can see uh, altar ministry growing, small groups increasing. So a lot of people signing up. And, and like we said, um, we'll, we'll call you. If, you. if you say, hey, I want to get connected in this place or that place, we'll, we will give you a call uh, once all the surveys are in. And, and we'll tell you how to do that. And so I know that uh, and sometimes you volunteer for stuff, maybe you never hear from people. And uh, so our promise to you is if you volunteer, you'll hear from us. And uh, we'll give you an opportunity uh, to plug in and get involved. Okay, so y'all want to know what people complain about? Not, not here. People never complain here about anything. But you want to know what people complain about? These are the top things that people complain about. Now, I will just go ahead and tell you that this list is pre-COVID. We know what people complain about during COVID, right? We complain about having to wear masks, and we complain about people that don't wear masks, and we complain about social distancing, and we complain about people that don't social distance. You know how that goes. Okay, so, but before COVID, these were things that people complained about. Bad customer service was one. Telemarketers and robocalls. Y'all don't get those, right? No. People who cut in line. Yeah, that'll get you. That'll get you in big trouble. Feeling cold. (laughs) Feeling hot. (laughs) Who would rather feel cold than hot? I, I so prefer cold. Yes. Okay. Packages or letters that are not on time. Traffic. <laughs> oh my gosh. This, yeah, this would be number one if they lived here. Okay. Litter. When I first saw this, I thought it had something to do with cats, but it doesn't. <laughs> litter or people who litter. Okay. Let me just ask are you, are you are y'all okay with throwing a banana? Is it okay to throw a banana peel out? Okay. I, I, I've had people look at me so funny for doing that, but I think it's okay to do that. Biodegradable, right? Uh, weather. It doesn't even say whether they're complaining about good weather or bad weather. They're just weather. I'm so bad. I'm so mad that we have weather today. Tr- trouble connecting on the Wi-Fi. Yeah. Anybody? Anybody dealing with that right now? Okay. Yeah. Now here's some things that didn't make it in, and and I just question why these things didn't make it in. They were close. They were, they were in that group of also receiving votes. Loud neighbors. People who are late. I'm just saying. No parking space. People staring at their phone. Oh. Spam. Bad phone signal, bad GPS, GPS taking you to the wrong place. My favorite GPS story, my wife and I were going somewhere one time, and the GPS actually took us into a parking lot behind an abandoned building and told us to get out and walk. Now, you think, you think I'm kidding, but you can ask her, and she will tell you. She will confirm the story. Pardon me? It was in Athens, so that makes it normal. <laughs> I, I thought that's what you were saying. Here, here's, here's what I want. 
I'm, I'm actually going to talk to some of my techie friends, and we're going to come up with this app because I, I really need this on my phone. Uh, do, do any of y'all argue with your GPS? I mean, don't, isn't the whole point of having a GPS to trust it? You just trust, you know, they know better than you do. They've researched, they know where the traffic is. They are going to take you the best way. I'm going to have an app on my phone. And first, the lady's going to come on and she's going to say, in half a mile, turn right. And the next thing you'll hear is my wife's voice saying, no, we're not going to do that. Yeah, you know, you know I'm right. So things that people complain about, uh, we don't want to be complainers. We don't want to be whiners, uh, do we? We want to be uh, hopeful and thankful and cheerful. So we're going to talk a little bit today about uh, thankfulness. Uh, It's Thanksgiving week. We want to go into this week. Uh, with thankful hearts and thankful attitude, and hopefully just live right on past Thanksgiving, uh, continue, yet live past Thanksgiving, but also live thankfully. Uh, we want to take a posture of, of thankfulness. Uh, we're going to do that today by looking at Colossians. Uh, Colossians was written while Paul was under house arrest in Rome. Uh, his inspiration uh, for writing this letter uh, was a visit that he had while he was uh, in, in prison from a man named Epaphras. And Epaphras was the one who planted the church in Colossae. Paul, Paul had actually never been there, uh, but he had a relationship with Epaphras. Uh, Colossae is in Western Turkey and it had a, a mixed population. It was, it was a very kind of a melting pot, pot area with a lot of uh, relig- religions represented. Um, the natives of that area, the natives of Colossae were called Phrygians, and they, they believed in primitive spirits. So they were, they were kind of a spiritist people. They believed that rivers and trees were inhabited by spirits. They believed that mountains were occupied uh, by spirits. They were a very superstitious people. Uh, they believed in astrology. They believed that... Uh, People's lives were controlled or, or influenced by stars uh, and by planets. And also all of the Greek and Roman gods and goddesses uh, would have been thought of and, and worshipped uh, in the area of Colossae. Now, um, the style of Judaism uh, in Colossae was more philosophical and, and mystical than what you would find uh, would have found in Israel. Uh, like I said, Paul's, Paul has not been there. Uh, Epaphras planted the church there, and, and he was more than likely converted under Paul's ministry, and possibly in Ephesus or, or some other a- Asian uh, country. So Paul writes to the church at Colossae based on what Epaphras tells him. Uh, when he comes to visit. And uh, it seems uh, that Paul is speaking in his letter against a combination of religious beliefs. What's happened uh, in in this church that Epaphras has planted is that the church has been influenced by the culture. 
And so they're, they're taking some things in. They, they believe some, some right things, but they're adding some wrong things uh, to what they believe. They're mixing uh, culture and other religious ideas uh, with Christianity. And when Christianity is mixed with other religions, uh, one of the things that happens is that uh, Christ is no longer central. And so one of the paradoxes of Christianity really is that uh, God is greater than all of creation and also as near as your next breath. So when we sing a song uh, like the river that flows from the throne, you might ask the question, well, okay, uh, we've talked about the fact that Christ in me is the hope of glory. And so we, we've talked recently even about the fact that God wants to make his home in you. He wants to make you his house. He wants to live in you. And so this river that's flowing from the throne of God, is that a river that's flowing from the throne of God in heaven? Or is that a river that's flowing from the throne of God in me? You all know the answer, right? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. And that's the paradox. One of the paradoxes of Christianity is that you know, God is both distant and near. He's, he's as great, even greater than all of creation, and at the same time, personal and intimate, uh, as close as your next breath. Now, the Colossians saw God as distant, beyond reach. That was one of the things that, that they had lost uh, in their faith and in their belief was they, they understood the greater than creation part, but they had lost the intimate, uh, personal part. So they saw God as distant and beyond reach, and they tended to fill the gap between heaven and earth. You know, when, when you don't have a theology or an experience of intimacy with God, you feel the need to fill the gap of the distance between heaven and earth. And so what, what they did is they, they tended to fill the gap between heaven and earth with an emphasis on angels. And they, they believed that everything they could know about God and from God would be communicated to them uh, by angels. They seem to have a high but distant view of God, but a very low view or too, too low of a view of Jesus. Uh, Paul's purpose in writing to them really is to uh, point them back to the all-sufficiency of Christ. That is the, the purpose and the point of his, of his letter is to say to them again and to remind them and, and see if he can draw them back into that place where all of the fullness of God rests in Christ and he dwells in you. So the fullness of God is in Christ and Christ is in you. Uh, in Colossians 1 verse 27 is the phrase, that we've quoted often, Christ in you is your hope for glory. 
hope of glory. Now, they've fallen into, obviously, some bad beliefs and some bad practices because they've listened to false teachers who have been influenced by the culture and influenced by other religions. In chapter 2, verse 6, Paul says, Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. It's interesting that in this short letter, just four chapters, Paul mentions and emphasizes the importance of thankfulness seven times. Seven times. At least once in every chapter. In fact, the two main themes of the letter are the all-sufficiency of Jesus and the importance of thankfulness. And, And in fact, Paul would say, our reason... The reason that we should be thankful is because of the all-sufficiency of Jesus. Uh, Some Bible scholars actually consider Colossians to be the most Christ-centered book in the New Testament. Uh, And Paul, it is. I mean, when you have some time, just sit down and just read through it. It's, it's, It's short. It's four chapters. Just read through it, and you'll see that Paul's main point here is to return these people to Jesus, to see Jesus, to put an emphasis on Jesus, uh, in fact, the reason that Paul encourages the believers in Colossae and, and, for, and you and, and me as well to be thankful is Jesus. He says that we should be thankful because Jesus has removed our sins. That Jesus, through dying on the cross, has paid for our sins. That we should be thankful because Christ has reconciled us to God. That we should be thankful because everything that we need is found in him. And we should be thankful because he has placed his spirit inside of us. And so Paul, in this short letter, just emphasizes and emphasizes and emphasizes the importance of thankfulness as we refocus our lives on the centrality of Christ. Now, just in case, not suggesting that you are, but just in case someone here or someone watching uh, on on. Uh, the live stream right now is thinking, well, yeah, um, there are times when I can be thankful, but you don't understand my circumstances right now just don't allow for thankfulness. Uh, And I just want to remind you that Paul wrote this letter from prison. He wrote this letter from prison while he's waiting to die. And he's saying, be thankful Be thankful, be thankful. Because no matter what your circumstance, no matter what your situation, no matter what uh, life may have thrown at you, if your faith is in Jesus, you have reason to be thankful. If you're trusting in him and him alone for salvation, then this life is just a brief Brief, very brief, dress rehearsal for eternity. And all of the things that we will share with him forever are enough to be thankful for the rest of our days. So let's take a focus then. Let's look at uh, chapter 3, verses 12 through 17, and focus on those verses and what they have to say about thankfulness. So uh, Colossians 3, 
beginning at verse 12, says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude or thankfulness in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Lord, I pray that uh, you would speak to us, that we would, uh, we would hear and receive this, this word uh, from you through Paul about the importance of, of walking in thankfulness. Lord, we, we know that uh, sometimes we, we drift into that place of, uh, of complaining and, and even, even into the, the place of woe is me, and we don't want to live there. We really don't. And so we pray that you would remind us again of all that we have to be thankful for and all of the reasons that we need to be thankful and to position ourselves in that way towards you. We thank you, Lord, for who you are. And we thank you for who you've called us to be. In Jesus' name. So number one, in this uh, passage in chapter three, Paul says that we should be thankful for each other. He really does. He says uh, in verses 12 through 14, Paul tells us how to live in relationship in the body of Christ. He says to put on compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience and to be forgiving. And then he says, above all, to put on love. And then he says, and live in the peace of Jesus with each other and be thankful. To be thankful for each other because he has called us together uh, to be a body, uh, not to be separated, not to be divided, not to be individuals, but to be a body, to be a family. Uh, it's one of the reasons why it's so important. It's so important that we be able uh, to come together and whether it's in a large group like this or in a small group in a home, uh, we need each other. And Paul says, be thankful for each other and be thankful for the times that you can be together and, and the times that you can spend together. And then he gives us instructions on how we are to relate to each other. And if you read, read through that list and you see the things that he's calling us to do, and if you just ask of the Holy Spirit, put these things in me. If you look at the list, you'll recognize it's the fruit of the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. And so if we are living our lives surrendered to the Spirit of God, then we will see in our relationships with each other His fruit. And I can promise you that if I am living 
the fruit of the Spirit towards you. You'll be thankful for that. And if you are living the fruit of the Spirit towards me, I will be thankful for that. And so if there's a lack of thankfulness in a body of believers like this, if there's a lack of gratitude among us, it's probably because we, like the people at Colossae, have gotten off-center. And we've begun to focus on things other than Christ and the centrality and the all-sufficiency of Jesus. Because when you focus on the all-sufficiency of Jesus, when he is central to your thinking, when he is first in your thoughts, the fruit of the Spirit will pour out of you to others. So number one, he says, be thankful in relationship. And the way to be thankful in relationship is to be Christ-centered in relationship. Second thing he says is be thankful in worship, to have an attitude in worship that is thankful. He says to be thankful for teaching and correction. When he says, I think a lot of translations use the word admonish. When we, when we teach each other and when we admonish each other. And to admonish uh, means to correct. So how, how many of us just love to be corrected? Right? We love that. Please, please correct me. Please tell me. Please tell me where I'm wrong. I love it when you do that. Right? That's what, what Paul's saying. Be thankful when you're corrected. Be thankful when you're admonished. Be thankful when you teach each other. If you know something that I don't know, I should be thankful when you, when you tell me something that I didn't know. When you see something in me that I, ha- that I was blind to and you point it out, I should be thankful because what are you trying to do? You're trying to make me better. And so Paul is saying, be thankful in relationship and be thankful in worship, in the teaching and in the admonishing. And then he says also to be thankful in singing and in singing of psalms and singing of spiritual songs, to be thankful to God as we sing, as we worship, to sing with a grateful heart, to worship God, whether you're talking about studying and and learning and teaching each other and correcting each other or singing songs and praying to do all of it with a grateful heart. And then the third thing Paul says is be thankful in all that you do. Be thankful in relationship, be thankful in worship, and be thankful in both word and deed. So think of it this way. We're thankful in relationship, we're thankful in worship, and we're thankful in ministry. In the ministry that God has called you to, as you go out, whether you're going out to teach or you're going out to do, both word and deed, to have a posture of thankfulness. It's not a burden to serve the Lord, but to be thankful, to be grateful in everything you do, whatever you do, to have an attitude of gratitude. Listen, it's hard to be angry and thankful. It is. Try it. Well, maybe don't try it. It's, it's, hard. it's hard to be sad and thankful. 
It's hard to be offended and thankful. I'll bring it down even a little bit more specific. It, it will be very difficult if you take the attitude of seeing correction, admonishment, if you see that as someone loving you, it will be difficult for you to be offended. If you're grateful for correction, if you're thankful for teaching, it will be difficult for you to be offended. It's hard to be offended and thankful. We have, we have lived the last, I don't know how long it's even been. Was it eight months this has been going on? It's been difficult. A lot of it's just been, if I can be honest, annoying. And, and if you choose to, you could go to frustration pretty quickly. And you could get frustrated with, with each other. Right? I'm just, I'm just telling you that that might happen. I know it hasn't happened. I'm just telling you it's possible. What Paul is saying here is regardless of your circumstances, regardless of what's going on around you, here's Paul's word to the Colossians, and here's Paul's word to us. Choose Jesus and be thankful. Choose Jesus and be thankful. Because if you stop, even for a moment, and you realize all that choosing Jesus means for you, for your friends, for your family, for your community, if you recognize what choosing Jesus means, what it really means, there is no other response that is appropriate except to be thankful. Choose Jesus and be thankful. Now let's pray. Lord, sometimes we drift and we, we, we focus on circumstances and things on the outside, what's going on in the world, and things that we disagree with, things that we're frustrated by, even things that make us angry and, and, and we, we find ourselves getting off center. And I just pray that this, this week, this Thanksgiving week would be a time where we as a body uh, would turn and, and look back at you and say, I want to refocus. I want Jesus to be first. I'm going to choose Jesus all over again. For the first time, for the 100th time, for the 1,000th time, I want today to choose Jesus and be thankful. You are good. You are good. And and all that you have done for us is so good. I pray that our hearts will be grateful. In Jesus' name, amen.